just read something else. And then McNabb plays the puck across to Miramanov, right side, into the zone, Carlson. Back for Miramanov, needs another pass, they score! Miramanov makes a beautiful dish to the left side of the crease. Phil Kessel reaches over and taps it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. I don't want to be controversial, but almost the worst thing that could happen for the 49ers right now is Brock Purdy takes them to a Super Bowl <laughs> and win it. You're going to have the biggest conflict for 49ers fans in the history. They're barely going to be able to enjoy the Super Bowl championship. All you will hear about is them arguing about Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. And what do you do, Mitchell? It's not a problem I want, but it's the problem Kyle Shanahan will have. First time you lost three in a row since you're... Anybody else there? Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you, right? Like, isn't that what you do? Thank you. So yeah, I definitely had a fear of death and ayahuasca and psilocybin actually really, uh, really helped me with that and relieved a lot of the stress around the idea of needing to accomplish things before I actually die and, and kind of taking away some of that fear. I think when you've seen the other side, it makes the idea of death more of a passage uh, and less of a, an ending, more of just kind of the next chapter uh, of life. I just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Coming up later this hour, Five Finger Death Punch tickets and tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, all right. Very important Raiders news this week. They banned the kickoff. So for the last few weeks, the Raiders have been oh, using joking. a holder on kickoffs. kickoffs, even though they're indoors for all or most of those games. It's not because of bad weather, but they've been using a holder. And the reason the Raiders were using a holder is because what they were doing is you have your football tee, and instead of placing the football like where the ball is supposed to go in the tee... The holder would hold it up on the lip, right. which would allow the ball to be a few more inches off the ground than it would be if you just use the tee normally. And I guess the higher it is off the ground, it's easier to get more hang time, and therefore your punt co- or your kick your coverage, coverage team can go down and can get down the there. Right. We talked about this a little bit. Um, it's like maybe saving the Raiders like a yard or something like that. Like kickoffs aren't even getting returned very far, anyways. It's not super significant, but it was a fun little thing that Daniel Carlson was doing. According to footballzebras.com, the Raiders actually reached out and asked the officiating department of the NFL and said, hey, can we do this before they did it? And they granted them permission. They said, yep, that's we don't see anything in the rule book that would prevent that from happening. Uh, however, the NFL is non, has now gone back and changed their decision and said, wait a minute, this is actually against the rules. You can't have a holder hold the ball higher on the tee than it would normally They couldn't figure that out sit. the first time they were asked? So, okay, here's the, here's the absolute uh, stupid part, the fun part of this. In the very beginning of football, uh, when kickoffs started, there, the football tees were not invented yet. We did not have plastic or rubber contraptions. Those plastic tees, yeah. That you could we kick also off. had a lot of, of deaths so, when football was first invented. Here's, here's what happened. Uh, according to footballzebras.com, the rules permitted a kicker to elevate the ball by building a natural tee made from the soil in the immediate vicinity of the point of kickoff. 
So what that meant was in the 30s, Kicker would run out there, grab the dirt Dirt. and grass, and build up a little tee so that they could then kick off off a fake tee. Seven years later, the NFL had to put a rule in to limit the height of the little soil tee to three inches. (laughs) So apparently, guys were out here building like six, seven, eight (laughs) inch tall tees and then kicking off, and the NFL had to say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make this. I don't even know if it's the NFL then, but let's make this uh, three inches. Um, eventually, the uh, natural T came into play, and the standardized height, apparently, of the plastic or rubber T elevates the football one inch off the ground. What Carlson was doing, I guess what the NFL finally did, was go back and look and say, well, technically the rule is you can't be more than three inches off the ground. And I guess the way Carlson had the ball set up it was more than three inches off the ground and they turned, they went back and changed their ruling. So now I assume Carlson will be kicking off without a holder this weekend. I just want to be the guy back in the day who actually measured the three inches, <laughs> like ran over there with the dirt and put the little I'm, tape measure down and said, Oh, you're four and a half. Let's get some of this dirt away. I'm 90% sure that is no different than the two guys trotting out with a chain and going, he's an inch short. How? How is he an inch short? <laughs> so the Raiders were, uh, I, I wouldn't even say bending the rules because they got permission from the league, but the Raiders were looking for some way to get an advantage, and it's now been overturned because it's a few inches higher than where the ball would normally be kicked off from, which is just the stupid beauty of football. Like, there's, it's, that's so stupid that this is a thing. But it's beautiful because football's stupid, and this is what uh, somebody at the NFL office spent probably multiple hours. Now, on. do you think it's because other teams complained? Because no one, I don't think anyone else was doing this. That's what I'm curious about. Because would you complain? Well, if the kick coverage got down there and you're stopped at the 16 every time, maybe you'd complain a little. But like, I'm pretty sure the Rams returned all of their kicks beyond the 20. I think they had one out to like the 35. Like the Rams had good kick returns against the Raiders. It's just so it's so minute of an issue and it doesn't even give them that big of an advantage. Like the Raiders are like mm-hmm. 14th or 15th in kickoff return yards allowed on average this year. Right. Like it's it, they're not gaining some massive advantage. It's not like their opponents are starting all their drives on the no. 11 yard line. They're starting on like the 19 instead of the 20. I guess you complain. I guess someone could complain if they saw it and they're like, what's that guy doing down there holding the ball? But just do it yourself, right? Like if the problem yeah. is that, just do it yourself. Yeah. If, you, if, if they're doing it, you can. Yeah. I will say Will Lutz, former Saints kicker or current Saints kicker. I have no idea who the Saints kicker is. I don't watch a lot of Saints games. He did say that they've, that it's a, they've utilized it multiple times, him and Thomas Morstead, and it is a weapon. But it's not. To it's not a weapon. To no, hold the ball instead of put it on the tee? Yeah, it's a fa- according to kickers, it is a weapon. Yes. Well, kickers. any kicker that gets one yard more is going to say here's, it's an advantage. Okay, here's, here's the entire key about the kicker situation here. As I've told you guys before in my rants about why do teams have kickers and punters, what do they do all day? That's all they do is kick. Right. So this is absolutely oh, he still is the Saints kicker. This is absolutely one of the things that a kicker would be like. I have found a way. Yes, to, to have gain, an advantage to, to gain, gain an advantage. our kick coverage team. Yeah, a half a yard. Yeah, every time. 
Right. Which to the kicker would be an advantage, and he'd want to do it. Right, because that's the only thing they do all day. Right. So to them, that's a massive deal. So that's where I think this came from, is you've got Daniel Carlson and maybe like Will Lutz hanging around, and they're like, well, what can we do? Well, what if you hold the ball off the tee a couple inches more than what's legal, and we'll make it happen there? Is Will Lutz still the kicker? Yes, he is. I did. I did Google and confirm that Will Lutz. So thus far today, the things that I didn't know were the Vikings head coach and <laughs> whether or not Will Lutz was still a uh, was still a professional kicker. The, I will say so one of my favorite things you were talking about, like old rules that still exist. Technically, if you get scored on, you can still de- decide whether or not you want to receive or kick. You could kick off after. Wait, you could kick off on. after giving up yes. a touchdown. Yeah, you give up a touchdown. That and you can go. It's still technically part of the rules that that's like that's a that's a legal decision. Well, you I'll can get make. Josh McDaniels fired. <laughs> Oh, if you do that, <laughs> wait a minute. So we need, we're going to have a blizzard game, aren't we? We need, uh, we need one of these teams in Buffalo or Miami and just a terrible, like it's six, nothing because nobody could make the extra point and somebody scores and they're like, all right, we're kicking off because we're more likely to score points with our defense right. on the field. They're more likely offense. to, they're more likely to fumble. Yeah. The ball. Oh, we need a coach to decide that in some stupid I, blizzard. I mean, game. I think the Ravens, when they were down to their third string quarterback, Probably were in the situation yeah. of, all right, our defense is more likely to score here. Okay, so the uh, New Orleans said, Will Lutz said it was a weapon. Yes. Uh, the New Orleans Saints ranked 22nd in the league in kickoff return in yards allowed. Coverage? He didn't say that he used the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> he said that him and a punter used to use it in 2018. Oh, so I got to go back a few years. They were doing this back then? Yes, apparently. What, did anybody know back in 2018? Yeah. All right, hold on. I'm getting. I'm getting. Why did the Raiders even stuff. ask? Yeah, if it was Why'd happening they ask permission? before. Let's see where the Saints were in 2018. Oh boy, I can't find it that quickly. Hold on, we're coming. We're coming for Saints stats here. This, uh, is, if, if you're just joining us, Tyler is googling league average, dead in the middle, 16th. In so the think league. about how bad they would have been had they not. 16, been that's right. They're 22nd now. They need that weapon back, and they'll be killing it. The Raiders. I will say, I was wrong. They're up to fifth now. Oh, see, it was an advantage for Daniel. Uh, They are 1.7 yards better than average. Okay. So they are gaining 1.7 yards per kickoff. Well, not anymore, but they were gaining like 1.7 yards per kickoff. And they're great at punts. They they had a punt the other day that was like down at the two-yard line. Yeah, that was a great punt. Great game, yeah. Nothing happened after that. It almost led to something good, didn't it? Almost. (sighs) Is it weird that at least once, so I have to cut sound, I have to cut, Josh McDaniel sound and at least once per press conference he's like and we really got to get special teams going maybe this is like maybe this is Daniel Carlson being like coach I know you keep mentioning it I came up with what if a guy holds for me hold on I got bad news the Raiders are giving up the fourth most yards per punt return this year well, they're, punt well they're I mean they're good at the kicking part they're not good yeah, at the no. like covering uh, fourth most yards. Maybe he needs. Maybe a that's tee. why. Maybe well, that's he, why uh, he, Josh McDaniel said a couple weeks ago we need more hang time from AJ. Oh, calling him out. He literally put them on the one yard line last week. I and know, they were just like, please come on down, please score a touchdown yeah. in less than a minute. Ninety-eight yards. Good morning. Do you know who May is from Pokemon? May. Yeah. 
No, I only recognize the original 152, and so you oh, are May's a person. You are May. I know, but okay. May was not okay. introduced in that era when Go Pokemon look May was coming up. up. Look May up. I gotta get my Pokemon card. Though. That's my investment for my retirement fund. We said May is. You uh, can retire from being like a raider. You, huh? May's me. Yeah. Why? Yeah, Jared asked uh, which media members look like Pokemon, and oh Ed initially said I was Ash Ketchum. I we changed that to Mike Ramala. <laughs> and uh, the only other one we came up with was you looking like May. I don't know May. I said Adam Hill looks like a uh, random trainer who uses only gravelers. Why do I look like May? What made you? I, okay. I think you just do the hat. Was it the socks? Might have been the socks. Might have been the hat. Probably not the short shorts. <laughs> yeah, I will say, for living in the desert, Lindsay still dresses like she it was is. cold this morning. I was you in the, the hat rink. on. This you is get more the ski of like, cap on, huh? You get the ski cap oh, on every day when it's hockey season. This is what I wear. I got so would, many different hats. Would people from Minnesota be disappointed in you right now? I don't care for what you're wearing. No, but would they? And the temperature? I, I don't know. It, that's a mindset. Like cold is a mindset, and so down here, oh it's God. it's it's a different conundrum that it is back home because when i go back home or when i visited one of my best friends in alaska last year i loved it it was like 10 below it was like great like we're gonna grit through it it's it's just you go through it and and you just kind of lock into it versus down here the wind hits differently guys it goes right through you yeah and this is more of just me punting on the day because or just to you know aj call it (laughs) because i was late uh at the hockey rink last night watching team usa lose to team canada and i had to get up early they blew it it was a bad goal for Maddie Rooney to give up at the end. But, you know, That's things right. are going to happen. Always the goalie's Spirit fault. Spirit of 35 sometimes has mistakes. Lindsey Brown said it. Always the goalie's fault. Coming mm-hmm. up next, it's Bischoff's Breeze. But first, we got tickets to give away to go see Five Finger Death Punch. Playing in Las Vegas this weekend at Michelob Ultra Arena with Brantley Gilbert. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number if you want to go see Five Finger Death Punch and Brantley Gilbert. Be caller number six right now at 702-364-1100. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. Bischoff's briefs today. It's about UNLV basketball. 10 and 0. Uh, but they've got what could be an important injury. Eli Parquet has a knee injury. Uh, Kevin Kruger did not specify what the injury is, nor how long he's going to be out, other than saying he will miss some time. Um, so very, very vague on the Eli Parquet injury. So we'll see. It does certainly imply that he's going to miss the game this weekend against San Francisco. Uh, Mike Grimala wrote a story about this with some decent numbers. So Justin Webster's the primary backup for Eli Parquet. Offensively, UNLV is better with Webster on the floor than they are with Parquet. 1.06 points per possession to 1.02. But defensively, they're better with Parquet out there. 0.83 to 0.92 points per possession. I don't think UNLV is going to suffer a big impact because Webster is on the floor over Parquet because you get a little bit better offensively while losing a little bit defensively and ultimately it evens out. I am curious how this impacts Keyshawn Gilbert. Keyshawn Gilbert this year, uh, he is third in the Mountain West in offensive rating. He has been extremely efficient. And I 
I'm curious to see the whole energy discussion that we have in basketball. How much energy do you put out on the defensive end versus the offensive end? Eli Parquet has been the primary on-ball defender, right? He'll pick up sometimes just in a one-man sort of full-court press just to be a pest, be a... I think Kevin Kruger called him annoying yesterday as a defensive player. Um, That's what he does. That's what his main role is, is to defend the guy who's dribbling the ball up the floor and make it hard for the other team just to get started with their offensive action. Keyshawn Gilbert played that role last season for UNLV. Now he was not a starter. He was playing some limited minutes, but when he was on the floor, that was Keyshawn Gilbert's role. Be the annoying guy that defends the guy dribbling the ball up the floor. You'll get some steals there. You'll probably get called for some fouls too, but just make it annoying. Make it hard for them just to start their offense. Doesn't even have to result in a turnover. Just make it, Hey, the shot clock's now down to 18 somehow, and they haven't even done anything on offense. That's what Parquet's done the majority of the season, but that's what Gilbert did last year. So I'm fascinated to see if they ask Keyshawn Gilbert to do that again, do we see a decrease in his offensive production or his offensive efficiency? Uh, Because he's putting more energy into the defensive side of the ball. They could also ask Elijah Harkless to do this. He's also a very good defender. And that's another guy who is their number one, uh, usage rate guy he takes the most shots and everything but is not as efficient as Keyshawn Gilbert do they ask Harkless to do it in sort of the same conversation does his offensive game suffer because of it so that's I think the main thing I'm curious to see I don't think it's a big deal that they have to replace Parquet with Justin Webster but it could be a big deal with almost the ripple effect that it has on who has to take his defensive role on most nights though given how good they are defensively elsewhere wouldn't you want Justin Webster on the floor for his offense That, I think, once they actually lose a game, which I assume will happen at some point, but that is going to be, I think, an interesting conversation in Mountain West play, especially Mountain West tournament where coaches get, like, they shrink things down a lot. What is going to be more important? Can they win with Parquet on the floor, who is not an off, like, not at all an offensive threat? If he's not dunking, he probably shouldn't be shooting. Can they win with that on the floor? So far, it's been perfectly fine. I'm fascinated to see, you know, when they're, whatever, eight and three in Mountain West play or whatever their record is, and they've lost a couple of games. And when we get closer to the Mountain West tournament, what does the final four minutes of the game rotation look like? Because it's, it's a very, depend on the score. It's, it, it will. It's a very easy argument to say, well, Justin Webster needs to be out there because he's going to give you that shooting threat. The reason. To go back to last year, the, the I shouldn't say the only reason, but the big reason why UNLV lost to Wyoming and their season was ended. UNLV ran a play like 30 times in that Wyoming game for Bryce Hamilton to come off a ball screen and either throw to uh, Donovan Williams for a three, Justin Webster for a three, or Royce Ham for a layup, or obviously Bryce Hamilton shoot himself. The one flaw in that entire play was Keyshawn Gilbert was the weak side guy in the corner. Yeah. Keyshawn Gilbert shot seven threes last year. And the final play when UNLV ran it, Wyoming just completely left Keyshawn Gilbert, and he took the most important shot of of the the season. Of the season, exactly. And he took seven threes all year. That same thing could happen this year, Mountain West Tournament, hell, NCAA Tournament, if Parquet's on the floor. You just don't guard. If he's on the floor, you do not have to guard him. Just make sure he doesn't get a a dunk off of a drive, but you don't have to guard him on the three-point line. So it's pretty easy to see how end of season – Justin Webster's playing more minutes than Parquet or something like that because of that, but they do love what Parquet does for them defensively. Now, UNLV plays San Francisco on Saturday. I'm going to tell you why this game is already over. 
Three stats for you. San Francisco shoots a ton of threes. Over 50% of their shots are threes this season. We already know UNLV gives up a ton of threes. However, San Francisco is not a great shooting team. They're shooting 32.5% from three this year. That's below the league or the national average. So they shoot a lot of threes, but don't exactly make a lot of threes. That's good news for UNLV's defense because they give up the three. And your third stat, San Francisco turns the ball over on 21% of possessions. They rank 278th in offensive turnover rate. So you have a UNLV defense that is excellent at forcing turnovers, playing a high turnover offense, a UNLV defense that's primary weakness is giving up threes against an offense that's willing to shoot them, but but doesn't doesn't make a lot of them. them. They're not bad, but they're not a good three-point shooting team. I think this game's already over. And this is not the San Francisco of last year, nor is it the UNLV of last year defensively. Where UNLV lost by 21 last year to San Francisco. I think this game's already over. I think UNLV wins, and I think they win easily. They're not going to blow them out by 30, but I think they win by like double digits or something in this game. And we're not we're not having a conversation on Monday about ah oh, the last two minutes of the game, what went wrong or what went right. I think it'll be over. By All then. right, so it's going to be up to Southern Miss. Southern Miss, I think Southern uh, Miss. I'm not going to make Jared do this, but I do think at one point I predicted their first loss would be Southern Miss. And that'd be at home on the 22nd. Yeah. At, at Thomas one, and Mac. The trap game looking ahead to trap big game. time San hold Jose on, State. Hold on. Well, you've made the call now. So you've made the <laughs> trap game call before. So we can actually give you credit afterwards, unlike me who made the yes. trap game call after the game. And the, the other key why we gave you crap about the Cowboys. One, you said it after the game was over. It was a trap game. And two, they won. I'm, I meant going in. It was a game. <laughs> That everyone expected. The but, well, they were they were like 14, 16 point favorites, and they needed a final drive from Dak just to win yeah, the game. I, I we we know we just gave you crap about saying it was a trap game because you said it after trap the game. fact, and back, they won. Back it up, backpedal, backpedal. No, well, I have he's said declared another one. I've a trap declared game. another trap game this week. Cowboys at Jags is a trap game, and he's every also, game. Jags are rolling. Every <laughs> game's a trap game till they play Philly. He's also <laughs> declared. Yes, and and that's a scheduled loss. He's also declared. (laughs) He's also told us that if it's Cowboys Bucks in the playoffs in the first round, and if the the winner gets Eagles, he's already declared that playoff game against the Bucks a trap game. I think ESPN would like combust if it was Tampa Bay Dallas in the first round. Oh, it's almost almost guaranteed. Oh God, we're almost guaranteed to get that. Dallas could catch Philly and screw it up, or. The Panthers could win the NFC South. The Techni- Falcons. Technically. They're only a game back, but like it could be screwed up, but we're almost certainly getting Dallas in Tampa, Tampa. to start it. Ugh. Coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. Emmy winner Cassie Soto joins Graney and Bischoff on the press box. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Cassie. Did you, or how do you feel about Timothy Chamolet? Uh, I know he's an actor. All right. You, uh, Ed's, Ed's daughter likes him a lot. Uh, Brandy, my fiance, thinks he's cute, uh, but you do not, apparently. No, I don't know what he does or what. He's an actor. He's not that good of an actor, to be honest with you. I mean, like, what's so cute about I just Googled him. I didn't even know what he looked like. Now you do. Nah. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for me either, Cass. You don't feel bad. Doesn't he looks fifteen, which makes me feel weird to like say if he's cute or not. He's Correct. he's older than fifteen. You're fine. Uh how do you feel about Tom Holland? Uh Crybaby. Crybaby. Um 
a security guard at Allegiant Stadium once said I look like Tom Holland. Oh, wait. I think I was there when you were or maybe I was just listening, but yes. Oh, when you were parking, when you were going into yeah, parking, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked me where Zendaya was. Is this kid <laughs> Spider-Man? Yeah, yes. Spider-Man. Are, aren't you like a foot and a half taller than him? More I was sitting, I, we said, I explained this. I was sitting in a car. He has no idea how tall I was. You do have an oddly like short torso for someone who's like 6'4". Same. You got to talk with a British accent, though. What did you just say? Is he say? British? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Holland is. He doesn't play anyone who's British ever. Who uh, we don't care about is British Cassie people just, in movies. <laughs> yeah, she's now just googling Tom. Holland. Yeah, I'm just peppering no, her. With I, well, celebrities. I, I, yeah, I always have my computer up in case y'all throw something crazy at me. So okay. I had it. Okay. Luckily, I knew. Yeah. Uh, who who is your number one celebrity crush then? Oh, um, Michael B. A... Jordan's always been up there for me. Okay. But solid choice. Solid. Good that's answer. Solid. Good answer. Wait, wait, wait. Is he this. the one, is he the one that's owning? Uh, the Premier League team with Foley? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So you got to yeah. cheer for Bournemouth now, yeah. Cassie. Yeah. You know, that's fine. All right. We'll do it. Vince Howard, yeah. Friday Night Lights. Check it out. Who's your celebrity crush, what do you, Tyler? Hold I'll answer that. What do you, Are you just randomly naming hey, Friday Night that Lights is, characters? Have, yes. Texas forever. No, he was, he was that's, Tyler, who, that's once who had, Michael B. Jordan played. We once had Damon on just so that the two of them could discuss <laughs> Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights for 15 minutes. Oh. But like, if at any point we just named an actor <laughs> that was in that movie, you'd just randomly oh, tell us no, their television show. No, no, no television show. show. No, it's a TV show. I'm in, season, I'm in season three for the 15th time. He was time. in Parenthood, too. You're re-watching it? I rewatch it all the time. I love that show. Yeah. Second season's garbage, but overall, solid. Solid. Mm-hmm. It's a solid show. Unbelievable. Um, I would go with Dua Lipa right now. Uh, That's a good answer. Good answer. Somebody. Good answer. That was like a big thing. What, what'd you say? She's dating... So that one like made news, isn't she dating Trevor Noah? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, well, it was Trevor Noah, and now she's hanging out with Jack Harlow. So it's a hell of a year oh, for her. That's a downfall. That is a big year. Um, I I did growing Maybe she up. She likes scruffy dudes. Uh, Selena Gomez was my celebrity crush when I was like in high school and college. Okay, that's you, a good one. Do you know how many episodes of Wizards of Waverly Place I watched? Oh my Way God. too many. Do you remember the song? Uh, the hat song. Uh, I don't remember it. Something about a crazy, funky hat. The intro was always good, but yeah, I don't remember it either. Okay, yeah, so it was a lot of Selena Gomez. Okay, I, I thought there was a chance there we might have gotten a duet between Tyler and Cassie. <laughs> I can't remember the intro song at all. Well, I'll sing it for you. I'll see if I can find out. it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be important, okay. but absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll know it as soon as I hear if it. If so. I hear it, I'll start singing, because I'll, I'll remember, probably. Uh, Jared, hold on. Before you Google that, I'm scared to ask you who your celebrity crush is. It's Keira Knightley. That's a good one. Great Ooh, that's choice. A good one. I, I literally watch Love Actually like once a month. <laughs> I have seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. All of them? Yes, I like that. I like those movies a lot. That's like half of the movies you've ever seen yes. in your oh, life. Yes, oh yeah, big fan. Of big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Do I ever want to ask the two of you? Of what? Lindsay and Ed. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the celebrity crushes? I mean, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, but now he's kind of everywhere, so now I'm starting to back away. Oh, you're like pulling the hipster move. And I, now I don't everybody like it him. when other people like the things I like. <laughs> I really don't. That's mature. Him and Blake Lively are so cute together, though. Correct. I, I think I like Blake better, actually, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Ed? Oh, Kelsey Ballerina. She's that is such a music? random yeah. answer. Kelsey Ballerini. Country music Kelsey singer? Or yes, Kelsey or Kelsey? 
Kelsey. 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 With Is that a, a real with name? A Ballerini. Yeah, Kelsey with a K. Ballerini. You and your country songs. Yeah. Oh, you, you, I, you, the boy a, from Laguna already, Beach. You already, you already, <laughs> you already loved loved a hard Oh, that's an even better question. Cassie, who did you love on Laguna Beach? Uh, Lauren. Oh, hell yeah. Yep, I'm team Lauren as well. Lauren. I'm sure you guys L- don't have opinions yeah. on this. I lived L- there. <laughs> I grew up there. At Lagu- you grew up in Laguna? Laguna Beach, yes. Mean oh. streets. I grew up in the mean streets of Laguna I'm Beach. Coming clean. Jared just hit us with a Disney Channel open. Well, you know everything's gonna be ah, everything oh, is not what it seems. Yes, please. And we are going to get taken down <laughs> off of the podcast because I played it. Do you play Coming Clean by Hillary Duff now? Yeah, we might no, as well just oh go. Oh my all god, in. are we still in? You know, we just, just did. Hold on. You know who had the best soundtrack intro? Zoe 101. Hell yeah! Oh, Zoe yeah, 101. My kids love that show. Oh, who did it man. when I was oh in my school? God, they oh. love that show. I will say, oh. when we karaoke, which is maybe two, three times a year, the Zoe 101 song is always, uh, always a hitter. Oh, oh yes. <sighs> Jamie Lynn Spears went to. A tiny private school in middle of nowhere, Mississippi. Okay. We played them in basketball, and it was the strangest thing because we'd have to take like a two-hour bus drive to a city that nobody ever heard of. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jamie Lynn Spears goes to this school. And it's just like, why? Is this pre or post Zoe 101 slash having a baby? I think it was (laughs) pre-baby. She had a baby at a very young age. Pre-baby, but I think it was 16. While she was on TV. Yeah, they literally had to end the show because of it. Yeah. She went to yeah. Park, La- Park Lane Academy in middle of nowhere, Mississippi. And it's the strangest thing. I played basketball in front of Jamie Lynn Spears is what I'm trying oh, to tell Oh, she was there. You yeah. had, you had oh, celebrity wow. eyes. Yes. She was at the game. Wow. Yes. Well, I mean. So she did, gave the Commodus, you know, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down like in Gladiator. She sees Tyler <laughs> go for a layup. <laughs> okay. I'll, all I've got is I lived like. Three miles from a compound that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie owned in Springfield, Missouri, and I would drive past it every once in a while and be like, "Why do you own a place in Springfield, Missouri?" That sounds like you almost ended up in a cult. That it's well, compound. I'm sure it's not Missouri. far off. Yeah, that oh. sounds like you almost ended up in a cult. All I know is that uh, his brother Doug is very nice. Yeah, you're <laughs> friends with his brother. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, Cassie, can you tell us? If T-Pain is going to be the best musical performance at Allegiant Stadium this year. I am so excited. You have no idea. Can you so, get me credential? Yes. You you will not you will not go up at halftime then to see the spread. No, no, the food okay. will not matter to wow. me. Wow. No. I am fully going to be locked in. I'm almost wondering if I should follow our entertainment reporter Johnny Cass and, you know, sneak my way to the front stage of uh I think this, I don't know what the stage is called down there, but yeah, to sneak Neat. my way to don't you have a see credential? him right up close and personal. Yeah, you should absolutely He's do that. It's a great show. I've seen him like three times. So, no, I can't wait. We, so we have <laughs> Did not have that on my Lindsay bingo card. <laughs> we have clarified in the years of talking to Cassie Soto, uh, I believe two things that are more important than food getting engaged and T pain. No way. Oh, and one of her dogs. Yes, and one, and one of them. Yeah, one of them. One so, yeah, those will be the top three. That'll do it. What's okay. your favorite T-Pain track? Oh, there's just too many. <laughs> I'm on there's, a boat. I mean. Hell yeah. I love that I'm song. on a boat. Oh, oh. I don't think he'll, I don't know if he'll play that one. No. Probably not, Jared. 
that'd be a bad one to play. Bayou Drank when it came on, it was amazing at Life is Beautiful it's a couple years ago. revolutionary, if you will. Yeah, literally. The, he brought auto-tune and completely changed the music industry. It was amazing. I got to see him on I SNL. Know, his, any, any song where the dream is also, I'm kind of hoping the dream pops up also and we get some shouty as a 10, oh, you know, going. Oh, Okay, how long Johnny is the Rock halftime performance? For your boy. It's like, yeah, it's, they, he could uh, probably do. 15? Fogarty did like eight songs. Well, we're in Vegas. 15? You got to do I'm in love with a stripper. Like, you have to bring it up. There's, okay. there's like four clubs right next to the stadium. Genuine question. There's a club in the stadium. Correct. When, when you say that, who did you say? John Fogarty played eight songs? Like, Yeah, he played forever. Can't like we're you're getting the chorus of like just four of those songs and nothing more, right? I mean, that's the best part. Yeah, but, you know. Yes! Do we need to go to break before we get in trouble for this one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Cassie, you can uh, enjoy the song. It's up to Jared as to when to send us to break now. Thanks for joining us, Cassie. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, really? You got a giveaway. A oh, we do have to do the giveaway. Thanks, All right. Cassie. Bye, Cassie. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, here we go. Las Vegas Bowl tickets out of the Legion Stadium tomorrow, the day before T Pain. 702 364 1100. If you want to go. T Pain's lead in. Oh, yeah. 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 The Las Vegas Bowl in the first half of the Raiders game are the opening acts for T Pain. 702 364 1100. That's the phone number. We'll take caller number seven right now, and you'll win four tickets to go out and see Florida and Oregon State in the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl. 702 364 1100. Caller number seven. 8.13 to go. Tyler's still going. He's still going. It's a 14-4 run over the last 252. 100 points for the Heat. 41, a career high for Tyler. You're locked in the press box. Okay, I am just reading what might be the most ridiculous story of the season in the NFL, and hopefully I've got the gist of this. Do you guys remember Arizona Cardinals... Uh, fired their I think he was the offensive line coach after their game in Mexico yeah and he what what was he accused of um he was accused of something I cannot remember what it was in uh in when they were in Mexico um inappropriately touched a female while traveling with the team yikes okay okay so they they fired their offensive line coach after he was accused of inappropriately touching a female the offensive line coach has put out like a, a press release saying that the allegations are untrue uh, and that they desperately want to understand why the Cardinals got rid of them without doing a thorough investigation. Football Scoop has a story on this with his statement. And in that statement, it says that it's untrue. I want to clear my name, be it a miscommunication or mistaken identity. My family and I will cooperate fully with the NFL Cardinals Blah, blah, blah. This guy's saying someone looked like him, touched someone inappropriately. Here's where it gets kind of insane. The Cardinals general manager took a leave of absence today. Mm -hmm. They look like the same guy. Uh Uh-oh. Wait, Steve Kime? Yes. Yeah, that's just a bald, round guy. They both have a goatee. Uh Uh-oh. Google, like Steve Kime is the GM. Sean Kugler is the uh, offensive line coach. There's a picture of it for you, Lindsay. Oh, man. If you can see that far, Ed. Uh-oh. The, again, the, this has not been... The offensive line coach is not saying... It's the GM. The GM. But Football Scoop, who reported this story, is making that leap themselves. Wow. That offensive line coach fired for inappropriately touching a female, 
puts out a statement saying there might have been a mistaken identity on the same day that the general manager takes a leave of absence and they kind of look the same. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to be featured on Hard Knocks in season. That's one of the yeah, wildest stories ever. Exactly. If they've, I've heard done on, on Hard Knocks they've kept a few of those things off, which oh, people, I'm are, sure they will. people are not happy with. They always do that. I mean, if though. you're HBO, don't you have the full freedom? Uh, I think you send it to them on? ahead of time. Oh, the team you has say, the final. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is good. Like this that. is not. Yeah, the team has like the final that. say on on what gets published. But if you're telling me the general manager inappropriately touched a female and then was on board with firing the offensive line coach the next day, he for did it, what? That's insane. That, I, again, this is a big leap that's being taken. Well, there's that leap, and then there's the leap of, well, did he do it on purpose by throwing him into the line into the line of fire there? Or was it just convenient? Like, Correct. oh, of course it was him. Uh, that's that all speculatory. God, that could be incredible. Now, I want to end the show with this question uh, from Twitter: What was the celebration family your or celebration restaurant your family ate at when you were a child that you didn't realize was not in fact a five star establishment until you became an adult? Uh, the Royal Hawaiian is a small little restaurant <laughs> in by the in way Laguna? in Laguna it's Beach, perfect. right on the, yeah. You thought so because it was on the ocean, which most things were in, in Laguna sure. Beach, of course. Uh, but then as you got older, I took Bonnie there one time, and we were, you know, we were older, obviously, because we weren't kids anymore. And we realized halfway through the meal, it tasted a lot better when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Is the Royal Hawaiian a sponsor? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I doubt it. Your okay. three stars in Laguna are everybody else's five. And so I'm oh, sure you can't do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, mine is Red Lobster. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. I, every birthday, whatever, cheddar I was like, biscuits. we're going to cheddar, Red Lobster. You can make I'm, them at home. I'm getting seafood. Yeah, they sell them frozen in the grocery store. I That was it. And now, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to Red Lobster. Now it's just like, oh. It's not that nice of a I'd restaurant. I go there just for the Cheddar Bay biscuits. I that I thought the biscuits it was, were very good. Yeah, I you can order the them like in a dozen to go. No, I, I did that two months ago. Great, <laughs> great decision. It's a great decision. It's like uh, eight dollars. The other one my family went to all the time that I was like, oh, this is nice. Was on the border Mexican Grill. Ooh. Oh yeah, excellent chips. Yeah. yeah, was absolutely convinced that this was one of the nicest restaurants in the world as a kid. That's not authentic uh, old town down so... in San Diego, my friend. No. My... That's not authentic old town. But what down about in San Laguna? No, <laughs> come on, come on. It's probably Fuddruckers or oh, Outback Steakhouse right. for me. I, I had, Ed still thinks Fuddruckers yeah. is, five think star this is a five-star restaurant. This is the original thing that Sponsor we bonded Sponsor Fuddruckers is five-star. Right? <laughs> I had my first birthday there. Me and my dad used to go there all the time. It was my favorite. But I didn't, Your first? My first birthday was at Fuddruckers. Mm-hmm. We knew what was up. But I, I don't think like Burger Place that makes their own buns really screams like fine dining, even to the my youngest brain. But Outback, when we go there and you get a ton of bread and just get steak in general, big deal. The brown bread. The best. And what? what about you? So you, and I you, love I, bread. Bread is my favorite. What about Outback? Thing. Outback. What about it? I mean, you get a you, you well put, you at back of the day, you get there? a Joey sirloin, medium well, medium well with a side of broccoli. You get some <laughs> Aussie well. fries. But now I'll get like a petite fillet. But I'll have. I usually would have to order two or three loaves of bread ahead of time, like in the brown I, bread. Yeah, hundred percent. But you don't get the honey butter. My dad gets the honey butter. I'm like, I just I'll take the regular one. Jared, I mean, my dad was very transparent with a place we would go when we went out to eat. He referred to as cheap Mexican. <laughs> 
and it was called Salido Lindos, and it still to this day is like a place that I'm like trying to find some like facsimile of here in town of like. You can get lunch for $6, and you're literally given a plate full of food. Uh, Roberto's? No, no, this is much better than... Uh, wait, hold on. Let me see if Roberto's is a sponsor. <laughs> Are they sponsoring us? I don't... I, the quality for the price was absolutely outrageous. I will say one of the things that I've had a difficult time finding here is the medium price level of Mexican food here. I feel like everything here is either sort of fast food Mexican or really top of the or line. Or like I can't get out of there without paying $30 per person yeah. or more. Like in, in Mississippi, one of my favorite things is like there's sit down Mexican restaurants and it's like $8.99 a person. Now, right. granted, I'm an old I'm old now because I'm talking about food that I ate 10 years ago. But like that didn't exist when I first moved here. Or maybe it does. And I just haven't found it. But. That's the part. Is like, how do I sit down and eat Mexican food for like ten dollars a person, and not not spend sixty, seventy bucks? Right. I don't know if that exists here, but that was my favorite Mexican food growing up. Not because it was always the greatest Mexican food, but just because it was kind of nice. It wasn't a fast food restaurant. If you do exist, Pablo's. Yeah. If you do exist and would like to sponsor the press box, I'm on board. We're we're always. You have a medium level Mexican restaurant. (laughs) The press box is always looking for. Sponsorship. In fact, we have a segment called, or not a segment, we have a thing called The First Bite. That's right. <laughs> oh, good job there. Yeah, I will come take a bite out of your yes. enchiladas or burritos. <laughs> your 8 99 burritos. That's right. Inflation, we could be like twelve ninety nine. That's okay. I'll, I'll live with that at this point. We have 10 seconds. 22-22. Oh, uh, Raiders beat the Patriots 24-19. I can't predict scores. Lindsay, who wins? Numbers are bad. Raiders win, though. 35-34. I love it!